and welcome to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We're back for another Express Post. Do not laugh at me, Anna. Um, I am literally in the media centre at the Matildas training base, so I am getting funny looks from everyone. I am so sorry, listeners. Um, But we're going to have a lot of fun. We're up to the final clashes of the round of 16, and then we will have some girl rests, but we cannot wait to talk about the last two games of the round of 16. For today's episode, you have me, Marissa Lordanik, and Angela Christian-Wilkes. But before we crack into that chat, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Yuggera people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. So, Angela, we had our last two games of the round of 16 yesterday and they did not disappoint. We had Colombia beating Jamaica 1-0 at the misses and then obviously France defeating Morocco 4-0 in Adelaide. So let's talk about Colombia-Jamaica because you were there. So vibe check, Atmos check, how much do we love Colombia check basically. Um, Talk to me about it. Yes, this atmosphere, as expected after their group stage games, was incredible. Um, I would say it was um, I'm not very good at maths, but I'd say there was probably like it was like 50 percent yellow. So obviously, you know, neutrals there as well. But um, the pockets of Colombia, just their supporters, they they congregate in these pockets so there was like I think about four around the ground um behind the goals as well behind both goals and then there was like in each in two different corners as well of just like feral Columbia fans and god bless I say that with love but they they go off when the good things happen when the bad things happen they they are loud they are vocal it was such an experience. Um, and yeah, interestingly as well, the Colombian fans love to boo. Um, I have a teammate on my outdoor team who sent through an apology to the group tab because again, it's a little bit of a controversial topic, the booing. Um, but yes, uh, Colombian football fans firmly in the pro pro booing camp. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was an incredible game, and I was behind the goal for Uzme's goal, which just it the, all of it was the the goal was so well worked, and then the celebrations were just like very beautiful as well. Um, the from from both the fans and from the players on the pitch, and well, you can't really separate those. They were happening in, in you know in tangent. They were working together there. So yeah, it was an incredible atmosphere at the misses and I think a really nice send off game for the tournament for, for Melbourne. Um, and yeah, it's been really interesting to see the increased kind of demand for tickets. Like, you know, when we, when we all initially bought our tickets for games that weren't Australia, I suppose we didn't really know what what to expect, especially with, you know, round of 16, what the opponents would be. Um, but there was such, like, everyone knew that this was going to be a really exciting matchup. And I think there would have been quite a few people who would have missed out having not known that this was going to be the the game to, to get to. Um, yeah. This is a great game. 
It was a great game and my favourite part of that being the final game in Melbourne is that obviously players around the country and New Zealand are now like, oh, thank God my career can't die at the misses anymore because there are simply no more games to be played in Melbourne. But um, with this contest in particular, my personal favourite part, you were right, like Usme's goal was stunt, like the finish on it was really beautiful and the ball in for her was absolutely stunning. But her just giving it big at that end of Amy Park, like really large celebrations genuinely love to see it um for me this was a really weird one because I think I expected Colombia to attack or maybe not attack a little bit more but maybe score more because I just felt like what we had seen from them in the group stage had been so kind of free-flowing I really wanted to see more goals and I knew it was going to be difficult for them because obviously Jamaica set up very defensively like they got out of the group stage based on really solid defence. And the stat was they went uh, 360 minutes through the tournament without conceding a goal, which is absolutely ridiculous and an absolute credit to the way they set up their defence with like the Swaby sisters in the middle and Becky Spencer in goal, who I thought had a phenomenal tournament. So um, I think, yeah, I really enjoyed that Jamaica like figured out what they needed to do and then did it but obviously you do need to score goals to win a game of football and Colombia knew how to do that so um, my thing is that I can't wait to see what Jamaica does for like the next edition of the tournament because obviously they now know how to get out of the group they know how to defend really resolutely once they figure out how to like score goals or maybe just like either get the ball to Bunny Shaw more efficiently or find other people who can actually support Bunny Shaw. I'm genuinely excited to see what Jamaica can do um, in future editions of the World Cup, assuming that their federation comes to the party and actually supports them. So um, we'll see. Did you – you had your hand up, so I'm just going to let you talk. What did you want to say? I'm not going to ask you a question. (laughs) Uh, No, that's all right. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to um, talk about Drew Spence. I don't know. those who are sitting with me could tell I I just have she's like my my football hyper fixation crush thing at the moment I just loved watching her play in both games um she's in the midfield for Jamaica and yeah definitely we saw you know she is a very defensive character uh and she got a yellow card in this game which uh, and also shout out to Kate Jackowitz, Melbourne's very own. Uh, we had some people behind us who had a sign um, for her golden whistle for Kate Jackowitz, which is very cute. Um, but yes, uh, Drew Spence, I just, ah, so, so good. And uh, just everywhere. She feels, she plays very similarly to Katrina Gori in a lot of ways, but she's quite a bit taller than Katrina Gori and just so staunch and, her work like I just yeah really enjoyed watching her play I thought but there's so many yeah Jamaica felt like a you know a team's team that there are some you know everyone would kind of talk about Khadija Khadija Bunny Shaw um and she's a standout uh player in her own right and I think would have brought a lot of eyes onto this team but I think there were just so many yeah great tournament performances um and yeah Becky Spencer being one of them which was really standout I don't think she had a bad game at all um but yeah I just I that's what I I really enjoyed that about Jamaica and I think you can also say the same about Colombia they have such 
um, they're so in sync with each other, which, you know, allows them to play that kind of free flowing football. But as well, we saw a side to them last night, just very, very doggedly determined. Um, and Jamaica did have opportunities. There was like a, a, a header from Spence, um, which was like very, very close. Um, but Colombia's goalkeeper, who is another, I think, fan favorite. Well, I say fan favorite. I am a fan and she is my favorite. Um, Perez in goals. I just, she's had a standout tournament as well. It's really been a good tournament for goalkeepers. Um, but yeah, that was, that was all I wanted to say. I just wanted to put my hand up and be like, Drew Spence, um, Drew, Drew Spence, Drew Spence. Um, and yes, I, this, I think she's at Spurs at the moment. I don't know what her contract is or what she'll be doing there but I think this World Cup has renewed my interest in like following club football around the world um I've kind of fallen off the bandwagon a little bit there because life gets a bit hectic and you just fall out of the habit of checking in and seeing what things are happening but um yeah really excited to you know see the best that the world has to offer and, and then translate that into following um in club land and yeah, this Jamaica side in particular, there's a few key names that will be, be doing that for me. So yeah. Um, and yeah, Columbia, what a team as well. And that was again, very much um, emblematic in their celebrations and oh, it was just very, very sweet. Everyone was like, who do you want to win? And I was like, I would like Jamaica to win, but honestly there was no villain in this matchup. It was, and I think again, it, while Jamaica did defend, were the much more defensive-minded team, it still was quite an even match, which, you know, we saw the best of both, well, not, I wouldn't say the best of both worlds. We saw ends of the spectrum last night in terms of, you know, knockout football. But, Marissa, back to you. I feel like you, we're, we're doing Fast and Furious, so. We are doing Fast and we Furious. I was going to say, did you have anything else we wanted to wanted to talk about with Colombia? Because I feel like that was very Jamaica heavy, but Colombia were the ones that actually won, and they now face England, which I am very excited about. So, do you have any takes even on just that quarterfinal matchup? Because I simply cannot wait for that one. I think I think Colombia will win. That's my prediction um, for that. That's for that spicy, game. and I love it. Yeah. Um, I just, again, I think they are, well, for England, there's the obvious, um, omission of Lauren James, who, uh, has brought so much to the attack this tournament, but I think also there's the psychological aspect of that for the team of, um, you know, knowing that they, well, knowing that they don't have her, I don't think Kira Walsh is quite back at 100% either. And, yeah, this Colombian side, they the, the fans will, if they don't outnumber English fans in terms of numbers, they will absolutely just be louder and more organised and more nuffy. You know, like I think that the fans in that in that kind of, in those stakes will definitely show up and that will be an important factor in this as well. So yeah, I reckon I'm, and I'm, I'm also manifesting Columbia. Um, not because I dislike the lionesses, but I think in terms of football for like, just going with who's played more exciting football, this tournament, 
Columbia. And for the story, Columbia. And for the kit, Columbia. You know, it's all for, it's all for Columbia for me. And also, I know I have a lot of, yeah, there's, there's teammates who are Colombian who would be like, <laughs> come on. So, can't be I support them as team well. harmony <laughs> with bad choices. But you're right. Let's move on to the other round of 16 game that happened last night. It was France 4, Morocco 0. So, I am keen on your thoughts with and without your Matildas hat on because I feel like obviously those thoughts will be different depending on whether or not you are wearing your hat. So what did you make of this game? Did you expect France to maybe do what they did the way they did? Like that burst of goals were just, it was so ruthless and clinical and terrifying. Did you expect them to do it like that or did you expect more from Morocco? I suppose is my other question. Yeah, I I definitely expected more from Morocco. Um and I suppose they um they haven't they haven't been patchy in terms of what they're trying to do this tournament. I don't think they have like a very consistent um f- like identity on the field. Um but I would say they have been patching how it's been executed and there are a lot of caveats that come with that but I think the fact you know this is their first time at a world cup and the you know the domestic context for Morocco as well they're on this huge trajectory um and this is possibly the result of that like in the sense that this was that this is the no what was the so 5-1 for Spain Switzerland wasn't it or 4-1 5-1 yeah this definitely felt like if we're comparing black blowout results in the round of 16 i would say that switzerland spain morocco had more more going for them than Switzerland, I think. And it was a, I think they played more exciting football and I'm sad that they didn't come away with anything because they, the, that spray of goals in the first half, it's so hard to kind of recover from that mentally. And I think credit to France for being like, okay, we're on here and we're just going to just go for it. And it wasn't necessarily surprising in the sense that I like, we know that France can do that. And we know that they can be ruthless and they have done that um, in recent years. It was, but it was surprising for me that it happened in this game in particular. Um, But again, I think I'm not like people, a lot of people's responses were like, I'm scared. I'm like, we don't, it's fine. You know, like we've got this. It's like France can focus on their life and their choices and what they're doing. But I don't think we have too much to be scared about, just given the Tilly's context and what we've done this this tournament. I know that that was a big thing. Anyway, um, for Morocco, but yeah, it, France were just the better team on the day, um, and they have incredible talent um, that did what they can do sorry that's a real terrible cliche I don't even know if that's a cliche that's just a very simple um and silly sentence but yeah like we know what this France like some of the talent in this France team can do and they just went out there and and did it and yeah credit to them I do think 
Urmarushi uh, didn't have the best night on the park, but again, first like huge, huge matchup, first big tournament. They they will they will improve. We've seen the the difference between like South Africa in 2019 and South Africa in 2023. Difference between Jamaica in 2019 and Jamaica in 2023. Like there are only good things to come for this Morocco side, especially if um the energy that is being and the resources that are being put into football in Morocco continue the way that they have, um, which I don't doubt that they will. Um, the fact that that investment came without kind of the promise of this, but it's resulted in this showing from Morocco is like, again, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but look what you well look what can happen when you do the bare minimum. Isn't it splendid? So, and also like, Comparing France to 2019, if we're doing that, they do look a lot scarier. Um, I think there there has been a shift in mentality, which uh, has to be noted in this France side. But, yeah. Ah, we'll be fine. That, we'll that be fine. change in mentality, though, was noted by a friend of the pod, Julien Laurent, when he previewed France, you know, on the pod. I also liked, so um, he was obviously covering that game for ESPN, and he wrote about it and his final line in his little piece was, beware, Australia, beware. And I'm like, oh, damn, okay, cool. But um, currently I am most terrified of Diani because, holy shit, she was absolutely phenomenal and, like, her whole tournament has been phenomenal. So we're looking at an assist against Brazil, three goals against Panama, a goal and two assists against Morocco. Like, she's just in everything. So I feel like... Claire Hunt and Alana Kennedy are going to have their hands full with her, but I don't doubt that they can contain her. It's just going to be a real stern test for them. So, um, yeah, I think I would put myself in the camp that was kind of a, li- a little bit scared um, of the French performance with my Tilly's hat on, but by the same token, I'm like looking at this game now and I think my whole perspective on it has changed because of the way the Tillies went about the Denmark win. Like there was just something so mature and calming about the way they handled all of that, that now the prospect of a like terrifyingly good France doesn't seem like, doesn't have me pooing my pants. You know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, I just neutral hat on watching France was very very fun and some of the finishes were beautiful but some of the Moroccan defense was not not good at all um there was the one where they just keep running and Diani just stops and she's like well I'm just gonna wait to receive the ball unmarked and score a goal if that's what you want me to do sure let's do it um so yeah I think you're very right though in the sense that um assuming Morocco continues to invest in their women's program again they're another team that by 2027 we hope we will see more of and should be seeing more of assuming that they do continue to put in the work and I can't see like it doesn't make sense to me to not continue to put in the work you know what I mean like I'm hoping the Moroccan Federation aren't dummies um so we will hopefully not (laughs) we're gonna find out we'll see um did you have any final thoughts on this one? Um, the only other one was um, I didn't watch a whole lot of the France-Panama game. So uh, I hope I say, I'm saying her name correctly. Elisa de Almeida, 
she was a bit of a jump scare for me, okay, because she's very good. And I have not seen her play. I don't think she played in the – oh, she played a half in our friendly um, pre-tournament. I guess we also have that. We're like, oh, we've done it recently. Like, it's it's all good. And we – yeah. So, but, um, yeah, she just wanted to make note. She seems to be very good. Um, and, but, again, this France team are – are really good like they they've got world class players all over the pitch um so the kind of depth it doesn't it doesn't really su- surprise me in that in that regard that they're able to just kind of pluck a, a left back and be like yeah go do your thing and they'd slot right in so that's my final take i think um also love you morocco see you next time Marissa's having a little girl drink. <laughs> there was girl dust in my girl throat, so I needed a girl drink. <laughs> um, but let's just quickly, we have our four quarterfinals. So Spain, Netherlands, Japan, Sweden, Australia, France, England, Colombia. Obviously, we are looking forward to the Aussies against France, but which other game is your, the, the one that you really, like if you could only watch one other, which one are you watching? Hmm, I think so who are Japan playing sorry Japan <laughs> you repeat the question J- Japan are playing Sweden I've already made my thoughts on this known on Twitter about how I think this one will go down yeah so I, if I had to pick any of the other three I'd pick England Colombia just because I think that holds the most potential for like uh being a very competitive match and uh in saying that yeah japan japan sweden i again maybe this has been too arrogant but i i feel like we know how that's gonna go right and similarly spain netherlands would be a delight to watch to see sad jorge vilda but again maybe i'm being too presumptuous there but yeah um england columbia would be the one i'd pick I think that one's going to be fun. For me, I'm I'm circling Spain Netherlands because I went to go do my tips today. Um, remember to do your quarterfinal tips, people, if you have joined the Far Post tipping competition. Um, and that was the, like I picked every other result very quickly, very confidently, but my thumb just kind of hovered over the two options for Spain Netherlands for like two minutes, and then I simply got out of the app because I don't know who's going to win. Like, I don't know because I feel like both teams are capable of good football and bad football at the same time. Like, I just I don't know. So I want to watch to find out where these two teams are actually at. So, yeah, that is my thought on the quarterfinal. Um, is there anything else you would like to mention today like I said we've got two rest days coming up so two days with no pod but that does not mean that the world cup nonsense stops so is there anything that you would like to highlight from the last couple of days uh 
Nigerian Football Federation, if you don't pay those girlies, I will find you. That's that's all I have to say. Pay them and Jamaica, Jamaica, get your shit together as well. Just a final, come on. Please, for the love Get it together. Pay them. Pay them. Um, I have a couple of things that I would like to talk about. So we are back at QSAC. We had Matilda's training today. Um, about half of the squad was actually training today, and that was the players that had kind of had not many, if any, minutes um the rest were all doing recovery because terrifyingly we are recording on wednesday uh the quarterfinal is saturday that is very close time is coming for us all and it's um terrifying um so yeah it was a much more chilled out session today for the tillies um the tunes were blaring kaya simon is apparently in charge of the playlist it was good it was good recovery vibes like i genuinely enjoyed it um one thing I also forgot to mention from a couple of days ago was we had a, a friend of the pod come and say hello to us at the fan park in Sydney. Um, so shout out to friend of the pod, Josh, who came and said hello and was just very nice to us and it has still not gotten any easier to accept compliments from people who, like, listen to you on the regular. Like, it's just, it's really, really nice. So thank you for saying hello. Thank you for saying nice things, friend of the pod, Josh. Sorry I did not mention this sooner. I high-key forgot because my brain is a sieve and it is being taken up by World Cup noodles. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, yeah. Sim- similarly for me, uh, friend of the pod, Lewis, uh, came and said hi in Adelaide one million years ago. So, um, and again, there's, there's been a few people and it's, yeah, it has been really, it's been so nice. Like it never gets old. Um, I just wanted to relay something very silly that happened to me though. So, um, outside the stadium before the Matildas game, when was that? Monday. It was a time. Who knows? It was. It was. It happened. I can tell you. Monday, uh, me and friend of the pod, Alex Kelly, hop in line at a food truck. Uh, This food truck, shout out, excellent, very very efficient. Just meat in bread. They got the job done. It was. It was good stuff. Anyway, in line for food, and uh, someone leans over and like taps me on the shoulder, and I'm like, oh my god, a fan. Like he looked really friendly. thought maybe he he knew who I was no he did not he was just saying um the line goes back this way and he was pointing out that Alex and I had had cut in by accident so that was humbling I think I needed that a boot to both of Uh, you for being line cutters how dare you right we got it was by accident I can't help that I'm I was, you know, a little bit tipsy and not particularly observant. You know? I thought you were about to say, I'm sorry, I can't help it that I'm a little bit dumb, in which case I was going to say, you're not, but I, I am. I can't help that either. I, I, <laughs> I feel like I can't help the, the the lack of brain cells is not my fault. The drinking and then being silly is my fault. So anyway, but yeah, but keep saying hello um, and also keep telling me to not cut in line if you see me doing that. Two great great pieces of advice. I have one final thing that I want to talk about. It was sent to me uh, by friend of the pod, colleague of the pod, Sophie Lawson, and I'm simply obsessed with it. Uh, Everyone's favourite Swedish penalty taker, Lena Hurtig. (laughs) 
uh, has come out and said that she would consider getting a VAR penalty tattoo if Sweden win the World Cup. Um, and she's basically just joked about how that picture, you know, the goal line technology picture um, is crazy. She's seen it so much. Um, she's like, I can't actually watch the penalty again. She literally said that it gives me pain in my stomach because there's so many feelings that come up when I see it. Um, but, yes, there is talk that our gal Lena is going to yeah. get a shit football tattoo if Sweden win the World Cup. And as a uh, haver of shit football tattoos, I simply now need Sweden to win so that Lena Hurtig actually gets a um a goal line technology tattoo because I just think it would be the funniest possible outcome. So I was simply obsessed with this. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> friend of the pub Michelle also is a big fan of shit tattoos and she's just given me the double thumbs up. So <laughs> we're, we're all getting shit football tattoos. It's going to be fantastic. Um, anything else for today? Nah. You don't want to give a shout out, shout my shit out? Shit out. <laughs> shit out is what's going to be happening on Friday <laughs> as we feel nervous for the game. Shout um, out. Shout out uh, for the shoot fucking tats. Oh, my God, yes. Um, but that's the thing. I don't want to give a shout out because it makes it seem like I am the centre of that story when I am not. I have just seen other people get shoot fucking tattoos and I think it rules. I love it. I think everyone should get a shoot fucking tattoo. So... Simply love it. It's friends of the pods, what, Sophie, Chloe, and Molly. If someone mm-hmm. else has gotten a shoot fucking tattoo, tag me in it. I want to see it. I want this to be the new Olympico. I want everyone tagging me in shoot fucking tattoos. So um, lo- love your work, girlies. We ride the shoot fucking tribe rides. <laughs> it's so good. It makes- I love the World Cup. I just love the World Cup. Anyway, that is us done for today thank you so much for tuning in as always we're over on espn.com.au and the espn app you can follow us on spotify apple google all of the usual pod spots if you like what we're doing uh make sure you subscribe so you get these daily podcasts into your feed that being said like i have said at least twice now no daily pods for the next two days because there's no football we will come back to you after the first lot of quarterfinals so we will chat to you then if you want to have a chat to us in the meantime we're at the far post pod on all social media but until next time see you.